Well, it seems like the Christmas season brings out the best in people. Uh, even the Scrooges become less Scroogey the closer to Christmas it comes. The problem is, for far too many, it's back to business as usual as soon as Christmas is over. The title of my message today is, Now That Christmas Is Over. Now That Christmas Is Over. I want to challenge all of us here today to do three things. First of all, now that Christmas is over, I want to challenge us to continue to give. Continue to give. Here's what I've discovered. Generosity seems to grow during Christmas time. There's just something about the Christmas season that causes even the tightest people to loosen up on the purse strings. The tips get bigger at the restaurant. The employers who have squeezed every penny all year long are now passing out Christmas bonuses. We're buying presents for everybody, even people we don't like, whether they've been naughty or nice. Generosity seems to grow during this Christmas season. Well, now that Christmas is over, continue to give. Say continue to give. Continue to give. Develop a lifestyle of generosity. This is what I want you to get on this first point this morning, and that is develop a lifestyle of generosity. You've heard me say it many times, become a river and not a reservoir. You see, our gain should not just feed our greed. Did you hear me? Our gain should not just feed our greed. Don't assume that everything God places in your hands is for you. The rich man did in Luke chapter number 12. He, the Bible says that he was already rich. The Bible says that his barns were already full. So what did he do when he had a bumper crop and his barns were already full? full? What did he do? He assumed that more was for me. His solution was... I'll build a bigger barn. But why? He already had more than he was using. He already had more than he needed. Hear me, hear me. Our gain should not just feed our greed. Gain is good, right? Come on, help me out a little bit this morning. Gain is good, right? Yeah, praise God for gain. Amen. But we should not raise our standard of living every time we get a raise or every time we get a windfall. Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. Say best part. And with the best part of everything you produce. Hear me this morning. Our gain should not just feed our greed. The purpose of the gain is to give. I'm your pastor. I'm not just your preacher. I'm your pastor. And as a pastor or shepherd, it's my job to feed you and it's my job to watch out for you. And I want to say this morning that I love you enough to tell you the truth, not just what you want to hear. The truth is I'm trying to get you blessed. Don't get angry. Don't get upset when the pastor preaches about money or preaches about giving. Listen, the truth of the matter is I'm trying to get you blessed. Because giving people are blessed people. 
You've heard me say this before. If you will become a giver, God will always make sure that you have something to give. And as I always say, if he can get it through you, he will get it to you. Well, here's what I know because I've proven it in my own life. That is our giving will generate even more gain. Our giving will generate even more gain. See, I'm not preaching theory this morning. I'm not preaching uh, something that I've heard or I've read. Uh, I'm not preaching theory this morning. My wife and I have fleshed this out. We have emptied our bank accounts, including all of our savings twice in our ministry in order to give. We have given 20 to 25% of our gross income, not net income, but we have given 20 to 25% of our gross earnings for years. And yet, here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. And that and yet is and yet we have more today than we have ever had. It seems like the more we give away, the more comes our way. And that's the truth. The truth of the matter is our giving will generate even more gain. Scripture says it. Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25 says, give freely and you'll become more wealthy. Oh, I better hold on. I better hold on. I better hold on to what I've got. I might lose what I got. No, the Bible says, give freely and you'll become more wealthy. Be stingy and you'll lose everything. And it says the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus himself says, give and you're going to receive. And Jesus said, your gift is going to return to you in full. Did you hear what Jesus said? You know what Jesus is saying? He's really saying you can't really give anything away. Because Jesus said that if you give, it will come back to you in full. So that means I can't even give it away. Your gift will return to you, Jesus said, in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, say more, running over and poured into your lap. And the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 11, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. Did you hear that? Man, that ought to excite somebody. God wants to increase your resources. In the same way, he, God, will provide and increase your resources and then produce, listen to this, watch this, and then produce a great harvest. A great harvest of what? A great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, it says, you will be enriched in every way so that You will be enriched in every way so that. Say so that. So that. So that that what? So that we can stack it up higher, 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 higher. So what? So that we can build bigger barns? No. So that you can always be generous. How many still love me this morning? Please don't get mad at me for loving you and trying to help you. Get a hold of this principle. It can literally change your life. Our giving will generate even more gain. The more we give, the more we will get. Let me ask you this. 
whose hands do you think God will place resources in? The greedy or the giver? Can God trust us with an abundance of resources? Now that Christmas is over, does that mean that our generosity will stop? Oh, we've been generous. We caught a hold of the, of the giving, you know, spirit. Oh, we've been giving to everybody. But today is the day after Christmas, and so our generosity will stop. It will for so many. I pray it will not for you. Now that Christmas is over, continue to give. Number two, continue to gather. Continue to gather. Here's what seems to happen during the Christmas season. Our circle seems to expand. We tend to open our arms wider and become more inclusive during the Christmas season. People we've kept out of our circle, we now allow in our circle temporarily. Far too often, though, some will squeeze their circle back down the day after Christmas. So I challenge us today, now that Christmas is over, let's continue to gather. Let's ask God to increase our capacity to love and nurture. Because there's so many hurting people all around us. See, not everybody had a Merry Christmas. Not everybody had a Merry Christmas for some. For some, the empty chair at the, at the family table reminded them of their loss. For some, they spent Christmas in a hospital or, or in a rehab. Still others are single parents who, who struggle just to pay the rent. And the added cost of, of Christmas demands were, were absolutely overwhelming. And I could go on and on and on about the needs and about the hurts of people that, that are all around us. Just this past week, I had a man pour, literally pour his heart out to me, telling me about a, about a meltdown that he had where he cried. He told me I cried, I cried nonstop, uncontrollably for a solid hour, he said, before I could, before I could compose myself. The hurts are out there. The hurts are real. Now the Christmas is over, continue to gather. Enlarge your circle. Enlarge your circle. Open yourself up to hurting people. Ask God to increase your capacity to love and to nurture. Don't assume that everybody has a support base you have. See, we see our lives, and if our lives are in pretty good shape, and, you know, all of our ducks are in a row, we assume that it's the same for everybody else, but I'm telling you that it's not. More often than not, it's, it isn't. And just as God has given you financial resources to share, so he has also given you the capacity to help other people in so many other ways. You have absolutely no idea, oh, how far a kind word, a listening ear, a word of affirmation or encouragement, how far it can go to someone in need. 
If I had the time, I could tell you about different individuals that I have specifically spoken into their life and spoken words of affirmation over their lives and the look on their face, the shock, the astonishment, the tears that come into their eyes because they had never heard words of affirmation. They had never been affirmed their entire life. And I remember the one time when I told this gentleman he could do a certain thing. He said, he said, I'm 35 years old and that's the first time in my entire life anyone's ever said they thought I could do anything. You have no clue. You have no clue what a word of affirmation, what a word of encouragement, what a kind gesture, a kind word can mean to somebody. Continue to gather, not not just people who can help you, but people who need your help. Recently, I have... I have spent many, many hours helping a couple of churches that I oversee as a presbyter. I thought I was elected to a position. I'm discovering they gave me a job. (laughs) And recently, it's been like pastoring three churches. And recently, as I spent many, many hours with a couple of individual churches... But it has been so rewarding to see the Lord's hand of restoration at work that God could use me. Continue to gather. Ask God to increase your capacity to love and nurture. Capitalize on every opportunity to minister. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17, be careful how you live. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. How many know God wants something for, has something for you to do? Paul said, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Okay, pastor. Okay, pastor. What does God want me to do? He wants you to be kind. He wants you to be kind. He wants you to be loving. He wants you to be forgiving. He wants you to be generous. He wants you to act like Jesus. In my sermon last Sunday, I'd written in and my wife kind of changed it and I seated it up a little bit. But you've heard it said, you know, sometimes we're the only Jesus. Christians are the only Jesus that some people see. Well, that's pretty scary because I see some pretty ugly little Jesus is running around. Some pretty critical little Jesuses. What does he want me to do? He wants me to, what does God want me to do? He wants me to, he wants me to be like Jesus. He wants me to act like Jesus. How did Jesus act? Well, Matthew 9, verse 36 says that when Jesus saw them, he was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Oh, oh, get your eyes off of your own problems and get your eyes on the problems of other people. Listen to the people around you. Listen to what they're saying. Listen, listen, there's so many people that are hurting today. Oh, oh, and they're waiting for Jesus. They're waiting for Jesus. But but Jesus wants to use you you. He wants to use you and he wants to use me. Galatians 6 and 10 says, whenever we have the opportunity, we should be good and do good. And especially to those that are part of the family of faith. My subject today is now that Christmas 
is over. Now that Christmas is over, is it time to go back to business as usual? Nobody's going to answer. The answer is no. Christmas seems to bring out the best in most people, but often the return to normal happens immediately following the season. Don't let that happen this year. Don't let that happen to you. Now that Christmas is over, continue to give. Develop a lifestyle of generosity. Now that Christmas is over, continue to give and continue to gather. Continue. Don't shrink that circle that grew during Christmas time, but keep it open. And number three, this morning, now that Christmas is over, continue to offer grace. See, barriers tend to come down at Christmas time. We see people we haven't seen since last Christmas. And some we celebrate and some we tolerate. But we make it through. We make it through. Some call for a a truce for the holiday so they can navigate through the whole blended family saga. His kids, your kids, our kids. And it's good that they do, but come on, people. Come on, people. Life's too short. Life's too short to waste precious time on disputes and playing the blame game. The barriers that came down during the Christmas season, leave them down. Leave them down. Now, I understand that there are exceptions to this, like when there's been abuse or someone's in danger. Sometimes barriers are absolutely necessary, but all too often the barriers are up over silly stuff. Silly stuff or stuff that happened years ago. I've told you about the time that I said something about somebody and my wife said, really? Babe. Do you know how long ago that was? You're still harboring that? Hello? Often the barriers, sometimes they've been up so long we don't even know what they're all about. We just know they are. The problem is it doesn't just have a negative effect on us, but also on our kids and our grandkids and mutual friends. And people are forced to choose sides, which causes division. Come on, people, suck it up. Take the high road. Swallow your pride and do what's best for everybody and not just what's best for you. The good news is barriers tend to come down during the Christmas season. The bad news is they tend to go back up the day after. Now that Christmas is over, continue to offer grace. Battle the temptation to become bitter. See, life will offer you a plethora of opportunities to become bitter. If you want to be a bitter person, you'll have plenty of opportunities. There are a lot of disappointments in life. That's not a negative statement. It's just the reality. There's a lot of disappointments in life. Things don't always turn out the way we hoped they would. 
Sometimes doors that seem to be opening for us, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they slam shut in our face. Sickness knocks on our door and God doesn't seem to always heal us. People problems are perhaps the worst. Sometimes the people that we invest the most time in are the first to turn their back on us and disappear from our lives. I can't tell you how many times this happens to pastors. But here's the thing. We can't afford to allow ourselves to become bitter. Because bitterness comes with an extremely high price tag. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15 says, Work at living at peace with everyone. With whom? Who? Will this include our former or hard to get along with spouse? Would this include people that are not very likable? Will this include people who aren't smart enough to belong to the same political party that we belong to? Who? Who does everyone include? Verse 14, work at living in peace with everyone. Verse 15, watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Watch this, corrupting many. The writer of Hebrews calls bitterness a poisonous root. He says that bitterness will eventually corrupt many. Let me ask you this morning, let me ask us this morning, how many people have we corrupted with our bitterness? Have we passed on our offense to others? Listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. You need this underlined in your Bible. I love it. It says, make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Here's what I know this morning. That is, we've all been hurt, and we've all hurt others. I said, we've all been hurt. If I had the time and I'd open it up this morning, all of us could talk about our hurts. Pastor, you ever been hurt? Absolutely, of course. We've all been hurt. But the truth is, we've all hurt others. We've all been wronged. We've all wronged others. Now that Christmas is over, continue to offer grace. The barriers that you took down during the Christmas season, leave them down. Battle the temptation to become better. Here's why. Here's why. Because those who forgive will be forgiven. Do you want to be forgiven? Then you're going to have to forgive. Those who forgive will be forgiven. Jesus himself said this in Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15. Jesus said, if, say if. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. 
Jesus also said in Matthew 6, verse number 7, Jesus said, those who show mercy will be shown mercy. Let me tell you what I know this morning. The time will come when you're going to need mercy. The time's going to come when you're going to need mercy. The time is going to come when you're going to need grace. The time is going to come when your son or your daughter is going to need mercy. They're going to need grace. And whether or not we receive mercy and grace is determined by whether or not we have given it. Continue to offer mercy. Continue to offer grace. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. The spirit of Christmas should be continual. People seem to get a little bit nicer around Christmas. Oh, I know some get a little crankier. I understand. But for the most part, for the most part, people get, tend to get a little nicer around Christmas time. They seem to get a little sweeter. They, oh, they, 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 they get a, a little more generous. Oh, they're, 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 they're more willing to open their circle and, and, and include all. Oh, oh, now that Christmas is over, what do we do? Well, well, we continue to give. We develop a, a spirit of generosity, a lifestyle of giving. Now that Christmas is over, we continue to give and we continue to gather. Oh, we continue to reach out and gather those around us, not just those that will stroke our ego and not just those that are just like us and not just those that we need, but also those that need us. And I can't tell you what fulfillment there is that comes when you're able to help somebody. Now that Christmas is over, we're going to continue to offer grace. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for those that have come out today and those that have listened, those that are watching online today as well, and those that will be watching the recording at some point. God, I just pray today that you'll help us. What a wonderful season. What a wonderful time of celebration. But God, I think it's the way you want us to live. Continually. On an everyday basis.